You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. It's Friday, August 31st, 2018, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. If you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, and leave the show a good review on iTunes if you do enjoy it. Well, the 2018 preseason is now finished. It's in the books, and the final game was not a memorable one. And in fact, I will say this. If you wanted to make a case that there are too many preseason games, I think last night's game would be Exhibit A in your argument because that was not an enjoyable game to watch. And I understand that, you know, with a bunch of third stringers, a bunch of backups, guys who, number of whom are not going to make their respective teams, number of whom played their last games in the NFL last night. I mean, that's one of the things that's in some ways kind of sad about the fourth game is that a lot of guys are going to see their dreams end in a few days. And for a number of players, that will be the final time they suit up in the NFL. So understanding all of that, I mean, I'm not expecting the play to be at the level of the AFC championship game where you have, you know, the best team, some of the best teams in the league, high end talent up and down. It's not going to be at that level. That said, I mean, these are still guys to be in an NFL training camp. You still have to be a really good player. Uh, so you would expect the, the the quality of play to at least reach a certain level, and it did not in last night's game. It was a really just ugly game. And, you know, sometimes you get into these mean, meaningless preseason games late, on, late, and they can be kind of fun. You know, so, some it's, there's, there's no pressure, so teams maybe, uh, you know, so, sometimes, sometimes it gets exciting. Uh, this was not the case at all. The Jets lose 10-9. On a last-minute touchdown, it was actually that was actually on the last series defensively of the preseason. The Jets' defense gave up its first touchdown of the preseason, which in some ways is a little deceiving because the Jets' defense did not play all that effectively during this preseason and during this 2018 preseason. This Jets' defense really was not as effective as that would indicate. So the Jets lose this game. They fall to one and three, and that's how they finish the 2018 preseason, which. Even you know, as much as I'll say the defense struggled a bit, it's not that big of a deal. Neither is the one in three record. I mean, I can name you years where Jets looked unstoppable in preseason and were not very good in the regular season. You know, I I go back to that the 2002 preseason when I mean with Vinny Testaverde when that I mean the Jets just looked like a machine during the preseason. They went undefeated, I believe. And yes, they won the AFC. You may remember they did win the AFC East in 2002, but they got off to a horrible start that year. They were one in four, and Testaverde got benched. So you know, preseason doesn't. The results in preseason don't really mean a whole lot. Um, the, the, this was just. A, I don't even know how many how many thoughts I have on this game, just because it was. There, there's really it's really kind of tough to have too too many thoughts on this game because I I really struggle to name come up with guys who played that well for the Jets in this one. I mean, Derek Jones, I think, played pretty well. He, you know, had an interception. He played some more... I mean, he gave up a few completions, but I thought he finished what was a pretty strong training camp slash preseason period for him. So, you know, he's a guy I would say was a positive. Um, You know, another guy I may look at who played reasonably well was... Brandon Bryant, the rookie safety, he he was in the middle, he was in the mix on a couple plays, so you know that that may be another guy I point to. 
Frankie Louvu, who I don't think I've mentioned Frankie Louvu on this podcast, but he's actually he kind of flashed all preseason. I would not be shocked to see him end up with a roster spot. He continued to be pretty active. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there were a couple of guys, but it really, I, I did not think the Jets played all that great of a game. And then on the negative side, I mean, I think Trenton Cannon might be a guy who I had, you know, this guy just. Uh, it, I go out and vouch for this guy in training camp. You know, I think this guy's looking great in practices. And then he goes out and just really has a lousy preseason. Had one big punt return and one big run, but a bunch of drops. And that was one of the themes of the night. Uh, Jets receivers dropping passes. Trey McBride a couple drops. Chad Hansen a drop. So, you know, not, not, not pretty stuff. Uh, and, you know, on it's so... Just not 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 a great night, I think, by any stretch of the imagination for the Jets. Um, I think you know I, there were two, pretty much two takeaways I have from this game, and you know the one, one guy I didn't mention who I think was probably the big winner of the night for the Jets, and that was the kicker uh, Jason Myers, who was two for two, and he actually made a very long kick. He actually made a, a 58-yard field goal, and then he added another field goal uh, from. So he, he was two for two including that 58-yarder, I don't know that Myers necessarily clinched the kicking job. I think some people are going to have that takeaway. I'm not sure that's necessarily the case, because you have to remember, it's not just about this fourth preseason game. Myers has a track record in this league. The Jets know what, the Jets have an idea on what Myers is. And over the next few days, if another kicker shakes loose from a team that they think is better, you know, their scouting indicates is better than Myers, they're probably going to go with that kicker. I mean, that Myers probably would not preclude them from finding a new kicker. So, you know, I think I think a lot of people will will say Myers clinched the job. I don't think that's the case. And I think, you know, it may raise some eyebrows that if uh, Myers, you know, does get cut, because you'll say, what else could he have done? Well, probably nothing, because the Jets just like somebody else better. To the extent he could help himself. I mean, he didn't, I think, more than anything, if he had had a bad night, if he had maybe gotten an opportunity on a short kick which he did not and missed that then you know maybe that would have expedited his trip out of town he he held serve and then some now i don't know that making that 58 yarder is going to be enough to keep him in the mix because you want a guy who's a lot you know can the jets trust him to be reliable because he hit a because he hit a long kick in preseason that's what you need out of your kicker so will the jets get that from myers this year i I don't know and so i can't say that he necessarily won the job but to the extent he could help himself in this game and look i think in a regular season game in that spot the jets are not trying a 58 yard field goal i think that's one of those preseason experiments that you see and Myers uh, went out there, and some, you know, sometimes what you want to do is you want to put a player in a spot where he's facing some adversity and see how he can handle it. And you know what, Myers handled it pretty well. So you know, to the extent it matters, and maybe it, ma- I'm sure it matters a little bit. I just don't think it's the, the definitive, uh, the definitive moment that's going to 100% guarantee Myers a spot on the roster. I think it's a plus for him. I don't think it's necessarily something that makes him a lock. I have one other big takeaway, and it's kind of a negative, and and it's a tough spot. Look, I understand it's a tough spot. I understand being a rookie who doesn't get a full training camp is not an easy thing. You know, you're shaking off rust, going up against players. You know, the guys on the Eagles, most of them played a full training camp. They have weeks of practice experience under their belts. You're kind of just getting caught up. You've only practiced a few days, so you have rusted. You're essentially at the start of training camp for all intents and purposes. And beyond that, you don't know the playbook. You're a rookie. You're not used to the, the speed of – I mean, even you know, if you're a rookie in the NFL, 
essentially what this is, this is a, an all-star league you're facing because you're, you're playing against a bunch of guys who were all-stars in college. So I understand that. And so I'm, I'm sympathetic to a degree. But uh, John Walford really did not show me that he's even worth investing a practice squad spot in. I mean, he really, it was a big struggle for him in this game. He only goes 8 of 20, 89 yards, an interception. And, I mean, the, the throws were just so, I mean, he missed so many easy throws. I mean, there was one There was one that should have been a touchdown. There was, I mean, he, that he just badly underthrew. I mean, there was a third down play where he just he totally airmailed. I mean, he just looked really bad. And, I, I mean, maybe it's unfair, but, I mean, I just looked at that, and, I, I mean, I didn't see any throws that really wowed me. I didn't see, I did not see much that really impressed me that much. So, I mean, I just, I think, and, you know, there's no, at the, in this day and age, you don't need to keep three quarterbacks. The way you used to kind of have to keep three, there used to be an incentive to keep three quarterbacks. That's, you know, that's the way I would put it because you used to only, I believe it was 45. You used to be able to activate 45 players on game day. And then you got a bonus spot that had to be a quarterback of the 46 guy had to be a quarterback. He was your emergency guy. He was your number three quarterback. And he could only play if your first two guys got hurt or the game got to the fourth quarter and you wanted to put him in. So he was kind of in. then after the, in the new CBA that the league made that extra player, it, you could it could be anybody. So most teams now don't use that last spot on a third quarterback. They only keep two active on game day, which means that's all you really need to do. And really the only point where it makes sense carrying three quarterbacks is if you have a guy, a young guy who you don't think is ready to play yet, but you're trying to develop him in practice. You know, that that's that's really the only way it makes sense to carry a third quarter. So if Walford had showed me and that look, I was not expecting a great performance. I don't think Walford needed to play great tonight or la- I'm sorry, last night to earn a spot even if on the practice squad. I don't think he needed but he needed to show something, and I just didn't see anything that suggested. I mean, he was kind of a bot. And I was surprised they gave him as much playing time as they did. I, I thought just ha- him not being part of this team in training camp meant he was probably playing on a limited playbook. So I was expecting Josh McCown to play almost the entire game, which did not ha- McCown only played into the second quarter. So you know, that was a little surprise. So they actually, so Walford actually got a shot and did not take advantage of it. And he looked, you know, he almost looked like Hackenberg, who. I mean, it was, it, it it almost got to the point where you, you pity the guy. I mean, it was, it was you feel bad for the guy because it was just embarrassing uh, watching Christian Hackenberg out there. I mean, did not he really did not play that much, and it was, I mean, it was he, I could, you could probably name six major mistakes he made, two brutal interceptions, one he just threw threw late, stared at, stared down his first option forever, second one totally airmails an open receiver, you had a fumble, you had a a delay of game penalty he had a wasted timeout and then you had a play near the end of the half where he's got a wide open lane to get out of bounds on the scramble instead he stays in bounds without any timeouts and the clock runs out and when he you know he had a chance i mean it was just ugly it was so bad that in the fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game he got benched just because and probably because the eagles realized that first of all this experiment's over and second of all we can't evaluate the guys we need to evaluate on offense because he's so bad. Um, you know, it just, oh, man. It, again, it almost gets to the point where you feel bad for him. And, you know, you feel bad for him because if this guy went in, like, the seventh round like he should have two years ago, 
you know, nobody would even really care about it. It's just the fact he was so overdrafted by the Jets really did him a disservice by drafting him that high because his the poor level of his play really sticks out as a second rounder, where it would not as a seventh rounder, because they, he just really is not skilled enough to be a quarterback in this league. He showed, you know, he, he actually broke a few, I'm surprised how, how how many runs he broke. He actually ran for 66, he rushed for 66 yards in this game on uh, five attempts. So, I mean, he actually, I didn't realize he was that good of an athlete, but I mean, just, oh man, that may, I'll tell you, it was the annual Christian Hackenberg meltdown in the Jets-Eagles preseason game. This time it happened on the Philadelphia side, and I'll tell you something, I would be very surprised to see Christian Hackenberg ever wear an NFL uniform again after what we saw in this game. The fact that he looked like Walford, at least you could say, this guy was an undrafted rookie. Hackenberg looked like an undrafted rookie year three. So just ugly, ugly stuff. Just almost to the point where you feel bad for the guy. So now we get to the NFL roster cut deadline. By 4 p.m. Saturday, so the Jets, ha- Jets and all the other NFL teams have till 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. They have to cut their rosters from 90 players down to 53 players. So anybody who's out there, and I'm just going to go give, give, give you a little housekeeping of what's going to happen over the weekend. So the Jets can trade guys. They can cut guys. If you have at least four years of experience in the league and you get cut, it's very simple. You become a free agent. You can go sign with any other team in the league. If you have less than four years of experience, things are get a little bit more complica- complicated because then you're subject to what's known as the waiver process. Any team in the league has the opportunity to claim you. And if they claim you, that means they get they get your contract. They You, you get added to their roster. And that you, essentially you get a, the teams get a day to claim players after they're waived. If more than one team puts more than one team, obviously can put in a claim on the same player. At this point of the year, it gets that player gets awarded to the team that had the worst record the year before. So we're kind of going off NFL draft order in terms of precedence. If more than one team claims one player, team that essentially the team that was higher higher in the draft order last year gets the player. And it's not like your fantasy league. I know a lot of you play fantasy and you know if you claim a player off waivers, you go to the back of the line. That's not the way it works in the NFL. The team, Cleveland, Cleveland can claim one player, they can claim two players, they can claim three, three players. They maintain the number one spot in the order until we get a couple weeks into the season. They don't go to the back of the line just because they claimed a player. So that's the way it works. And then if nobody claims you after you get waived, then you become a free agent. Then you can sign with any team. So on Sunday, we'll start to see teams sign players to the practice squads because to sign a player to the practice squad, he has to clear waivers first. Because to be eligible for the practice, no, none of these, you can't be, you know, you, ha, you, you have to have less than two years of experience in the league to make a practice squad. So nobody who's cut with four years of experience and automatically immediately becomes a free agent consigned to the practice squad, which means essentially all the players who are on the practice squads are going to have to go through the waiver process, which means they're not going to be available until Sunday because they'll get waived on Saturday. So that's what that means. And then we'll have kind of a second round of this because as teams claim players off waivers, you know, players will get waived on Saturday. Everybody will be down to 53 players by Saturday night. Teams will start to claim players who were waived. Once they're awarded a player, they have to create a, a new spot on the 53-man roster, which means somebody on their team is going to have to be waived. So then we'll have a second round of waiver claims. Teams will start to sign their practice squad. So these transactions will continue into the weekend. So I guess this is a long way of saying, you know, hold on, you know, 
tune in all weekend because and I, when I say tune in, I don't mean to this podcast. We're going to be off till Tuesday. I'm taking the holiday off and, you know, and part of the reason is just we're going to have a couple days of transactions here. The 53-man, the initial 53-man roster you see on Saturday night will probably change because the Jets may make a waiver claim. They'll, they may sign a player who was cut, and then they'll have to dump somebody else off their 53-man roster. That's kind of how it goes. And then, again, you know, once once you get to Sunday, teams around the league will have claimed players, which means they'll have to waive players to make room on the roster. So we'll have a second round of this, then we'll have a third round on Monday, and away we'll go. And, you know, you'll see... You'll see players continue to move through the week. You go back to 2009, Rex's first year with the Jets, and I remember that week leading up to the first game of the regular season. The Jets changed the punter like every day. Every every day there was there was a new punter waved and another one brought in. It was pretty funny until the team uh, finally settled on Steve Weatherford. So that's what we have to look forward to after a preseason game, which is over. I think that's the best thing I could say about that game. Thank you for listening today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe on this show, iTunes, Spotify, and leave a good review on iTunes if you do enjoy it. We'll be back again on Tuesday. Have a great uh, Labor Day weekend. If you're traveling, be safe. And I guess keep your eye on the cuts as the Jets will trim their roster from 90 to 53 players and start to fill out their 10-man practice squad between now and the next time we speak.